0: This morning's reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 23, verses 13 through 22. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you lock people out of the kingdom of heaven. For you do not go in yourselves, and when others are going in, you stop them. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cross sea and land to make a single convert, and you make the new convert twice as much a child of Gehenna as yourselves. Woe to you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the sanctuary is bound by nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the sanctuary is bound by the oath. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the sanctuary in which is made the gold sacred? And you say, whoever swears by the altar is bound by nothing, but whoever swears by the gift that is on the altar is bound by the oath how blind you are for which is greater the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred so whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it and whoever swears by the sanctuary swears by it and by the one who dwells in it and whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of god and by the one who is seated upon it thank you well good morning everyone
1: how is everybody doing today? Thrilled to be alive? Thrilled to be here? Happy-go-lucky? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> well, we just raised the maturity of the room, didn't we? <laughs> if, I, if I've not met you yet, uh, I apologize for that. My name is Trevor. I'm the pastor here. Uh, most of all, I, I hope that you feel welcomed here. I'm sure that if you are new here, somebody has uh, introduced themselves or, or reached out a hand. Uh, I, I hope you feel welcome, I hope you feel comfortable, and I hope you feel the love and presence of, of Christ. That's, that's why we're here. Um, this is kind of a, a tough uh, little piece of scripture there. Uh, anytime a scripture starts out to uh, with Jesus calling somebody a hypocrite, uh, you know that the, uh, the mood is going to be you know, not uplifting. But um, it, in fact, though, it can. There's... Um, one thing I want to point out, though, when he's talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, we have uh, gotten into trouble over the years of using um, passages like this as a prejudiceness against the Jewish community. Uh, when Jesus is talking to these Pharisees, the scribes, he's talking to a certain group. I, I want to make that clear. Uh, just as we talk about certain groups of Christians. We might criticize them, we might have issues with them. Uh, you know, we might have uh, times when, when we ourselves have been hypocrites. Uh, and so there were, uh, at the time, there were religious leaders that Jesus had a uh, great criticism of, and there were religious leaders that, that followed Jesus and, and listened to him and were very open to, to what he was saying. So his, he's talking specifically to a, a, a certain uh, group of people, but not, not a faith. We always want to remember that Jesus Himself was part of this this faith. Okay, so uh, I just want to clarify that. And also, you heard the word uh, Gehenna. Gehenna is a word that is often translated as hell, and the the word Gehenna it was actually a dumping ground. It was, it was a dump. It was a trash heap. It was a place where uh, Jesus was referred to, as, not the burning, but just as nothing, as as you would you know, it's just going through. Uh, Anytime that you would talk about uh, hard times, you, you would talk about, uh, you know, just non-existence. You would talk about just uh, going to waste. That's what he's talking about on that. So uh, when you hear the word Gehenna, that's, that's what he's talking about. And oftentimes when you hear the word translated as hell, uh, check, check the source because sometimes that's what they're, they're talking about there as well. Uh, I think if you actually go to Israel right now, I believe there's like even a restaurant around that area right now. Uh, the food's trash. But, you know, it's really um, not that bad. <laughs> I just made that joke up. Was that not? Oh, yeah. Do not, my wife will attest to, this. do not encourage me. <laughs> Jesus is talking about these folks and he's talking about uh, how they uh, take people, they, they will go for miles, he says, to, to convert somebody. And then when he, he says you put them through, you know, their own Gehenna, their own, uh, their own hell, because what he's talking about is that you, you, you reach out and you find these people, these, uh, the Gentiles, people that are not of the Jewish tradition or faith. And you love to go miles to grab them only so that you can force them to change who they are. That was what he's talking about. It's about the transformation. Because at this time, if you wanted to be a Jewish person, you had to not only convert. It wasn't like coming in and just joining the party. It was about becoming Jewish It was about circumcision. It was about a lifestyle change. You had to lose your identity and become something different. And what he's criticizing them on is that they love that power of being able to control people. That's why he's saying that you will lock the doors and not let certain people in. He's criticizing them for having that control, that control and that power that he was so uh, against because the kingdom of heaven is for all people. That's what he was here for. That's three years on earth, that was his mission, was to understand that for the poor, the outcast, the kingdom of heaven was standing before them and it was welcoming them. He was criticizing the religious leaders that were saying, no, these doors are only for a certain amount of people. And if you wanna come in these doors, you must become just like us. That was his criticism of that. He also criticized their priorities. Because he's talking about you have this wonderful temple. You have this wonderful place where you go to experience God. But yet, what you're you're swearing to, what you're worshiping, is not the altar. You're worshiping the things that are on the altar. You've lost your sense of priority. You're worshiping gold. You're you're worshiping the money that comes in. You're, You're worshiping the power and the prestige. You're failing to understand that this is about God. You're failing to get that message. And so he calls them hypocrites because they say that their faith is based on this, this God, but their reactions, their, their, their actions are, are anything but this. We kind of do that too sometimes. Remember how I said that sometimes it's Christians that, that do this kind of thing. We have Christians, uh, churches, that have fallen because of mispriorities. There's a church, uh, well, we're in a season now of big churches, mega churches, that have become a little bit lost. Uh, there's one in particular that uh, became this huge mega church. Their whole idea was on building different satellite churches everywhere across the United States through nations. They were open in New York. They were open in Kansas. They were open in all over the place, across the globe. And they got so focused on bringing in that, those people, bringing in that money, that they started to lose their way. That became their priority, was just get more, get more, build more, make more. And what we saw was one by one, the religious leaders of those individual churches and groups, they started to fall. They started to lose their way. Uh, Some of them it was through um, extramarital affairs. Some of them it was through embezzlement. But they were losing their point of what they were there for. Their priorities changed and and they fell. This month, the, the person that started the whole church is going to be on trial in court for embezzlement. He's been accused of at um, his own uh, extra, uh, extramarital affairs. He's, he's lost his way. And this church that they've created is crumbling. Um, and what I, what I think about when I think of that is that the people that went to these churches seeking something bigger than themselves, seeking God, are now feeling a little bit lost. And that's, the, that's the, the warning that Jesus gave them back then, and it's the warning that Jesus gives us today. If we do not set our priorities on the right thing, we can really lose our way. And when a church loses its way, it has ripple effects, and it can hurt a lot of people. We're, we're a church, we're, we're a new church. Um We have our priorities, too, but before I talk about that, when I was about four, four or five years old, short, cute as a bug's ear. <laughs> had hair. That was the last time I had hair. Um, somehow, I, I got into my head that what would bring me happiness is a raggedy Andy doll. Yeah? Yeah. I wanted this, this doll. I saw it somewhere, and all, that, all I did was want this thing. It became my obsession. I, weir- I really just weirdly wigged out on this thing. I just, I, I, I focused so much on it. My, my, my mom says that I wouldn't eat. I just, I just whined, and I just wanted this. And like a week of this, I just wouldn't let up. I just wanted this, this Raggedy Andy doll. And finally, she just said, fine. And she gets in her car and she goes to Lincoln to the store, finds one of these things, brings it home, and says, here. And I grabbed it, played with it for about five minutes and thought, you know, I think I'd rather have a Superman. (laughs) My priorities were that one thing. So much obsessed about that one thing that once I got it, it wasn't that big of a deal. So, anyway, that's, that's the behavior of a four- or five-year-old. We adults, we don't do that, right? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. There we go. And <laughs> you guys are quick on that. You're just all ready. As a church, as a new church, uh, we've been here five years, but we are... Uh, working to get on our, our own feet. We do have our, our priorities, uh, uh, just a few of them. Uh, one of our priorities is self-sustainability. We, uh, when we first started, we had uh, grant money from the conference. That grant money is ending this year. So if we're not making money for ourselves, we could be in trouble. Um, and so that is a, a realistic priority for us. Uh, growth is another priority. Of course, you, you know, that's the whole thing. If you want to start a new church, you do want to grow. So I guess, you know, kind of like the megachurches, we do have, I guess, something in common. We, we do have the priority of, of wanting to uh, bring in financial st- uh, stability, um, and we do want to bring in more people. Uh, we also have the, the priority of inclusivity. We believe that, that Christ is here for everybody. And so we just want to make sure that every, like I said in the beginning, that whoever you are, if you're here, we just want you to feel welcomed. We want you to feel loved. That That's a priority of ours. Social justice, you just heard uh, Dave talk about the um, Justice in Action group. Uh, we do um, uh, have that as one of our priorities uh, of helping to change uh, uh, laws and things that affect people that, that, that do some harm. Mercy. We, we do uh, clothing drives. We do uh, food drives. We, we go out. We, we, we help those with uh, immediate issues and immediate problems. That, that is a priority of ours. That's mercy. When somebody is hungry, you, you feed them. When they are cold, you, you clothe them. You help them. That, that's a priority of this church. Kindness. Who, it's amazing that we even have to mention this as a priority, but we do believe that this world can be a better place if people actually just said hi to each other more. If we acknowledge the people in the, in the grocery store, in our homes, if we, if we acknowledge our neighbors, if we took the time to just be nice to each other, that is a priority of, us, of ours. We believe that kindness is part of the things that can help change this world. And hospitality. We do believe in that. That's a priority of ours. You come here on Sunday mornings, you know you're going to eat well. <laughs> you know that people are going to welcome you. Uh, you we take that extra uh, time to make sure that you have Uh, clean tables and and, and things like that. We think about the people that are coming in. We welcome the strangers. We think about that stuff. Now, I would say that those are good priorities. Wouldn't you? And it's not all of them. It's just a a handful. But what if I told you that none of those was our main priority? Not one of them. Our main priority is Jesus Christ. That's our main priority. The belief in the faith of Christ is what brings us here. Spiritual fulfillment, understanding our role as disciples of Christ is what brings us here. It's because of that, that is our altar. The rest of the stuff is on the altar. It is Christ that we worship, it is Christ that we follow, and it is Christ that leads us to do all this other. If we just picked one of these, if we just picked hospitality, and we just said, we're just going to be hospitable, that's, that's us. That's our thing. That's, our, that's our, our claim to fame. We could lose our way. We could become a great, you know, Marriott Hotel. We could have the best, you know, Seats in the house. But if we're, if we're not talking about Christ, we lose our way as a church. Uh, we, we, could do, we could do mercy. We could be out there helping people. But if we focus just on one thing, we lose our identity. If we, if we focus just on the action part and not the cause of the action part, we lose that. With Christ, we we add things like prayer, communion. The presence of Christ is what communion is all about. Bringing the Holy Spirit in with us. Forgiveness. Sacrifice. It's what makes us give up certain things to help and to be there for other people. Compassion. Christ teaches us compassion. All of the wonderful stories about Christ is about his compassion for other people. And I'm a firm believer that without Christ, there is no love. That's why our mission is to love God, love ourselves, love our neighbor. Because we believe in Christ. We believe in that spirit and message of Jesus Christ and that spirit and message of Christ leads us to find out what it is that Christ is calling us to do. If you come to this church, I, I, I pray that you come seeking spiritual fulfillment. I, I, I pray that you come seeking wisdom in, in, in learning more about Christ. I pray that you and your families... Celebrate that message and that love of Jesus Christ. I I pray that new babies that come into this church that are cuter than I've ever been in my life. Thank you. (laughs) This is what happens when you welcome everyone. I I pray that this child grows up knowing that there is a God and that God is a God of love and that God calls us as Christians to love one another. I pray that this child grows up hearing the stories about Christ reaching out to the poor, about reaching and crossing those barriers and about letting every single person in to experience that love and about giving his life so that every one of us can experience that sacrificial love of Christ. I pray that we grow in that. Because when we grow in that, we we develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we develop that personal relationship, when we pray more, when we celebrate things more, like communion and stuff, we start to feel that tug that leads us where Christ wants us to go. It might be that Jesus is calling you to do social justice. To, to, to help change the laws in our country or to, to help those that are being repressed. It might cause you to go into the realm of hospitality but with the message of Christ to help people understand that God is welcoming. It, it, it might call you to go to, to, to Matt Talbot and to feed the poor. It might call call you to develop your own uh, donation drive. It might cause you to be kinder to everyone that you encounter, including yourself. You see, when we follow Christ, it leads us individually to do the things that we're called to do. That's why the church is not about one of these things. The church is about that one that leads us to do all the others. You, you might be more about social justice. You might be more about hospitality. You might be more about kindness. You might be more about inclusivity. Together, when we take that with the message of Christ here, we truly develop a community of people that are here following their calling. Christ, and we truly are then and only then a church. I pray that we are the church of Christ today. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we are here to experience you. Help us feel that. Fill this place with the Holy Spirit. Touch us. Uh, touch our lives. Touch us our, our hearts. Challenge us. Move us forward and, and call us to do what you want us to do. We don't worship the thing. We don't worship the results. We worship the love of Jesus Christ. You will guide us. You will be there for us. You will help us to learn more, to love you, To love ourselves the way that you love us. And to love our neighbor the way that we want to be loved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.